the enemy wants nothing more than to distract you. He wants to distract you with, with, with being too busy. He wants to distract you by making you think that God has expectations for you that, that never cross God's mind. He, he wants you to feel bad about yourself. He wants you to feel bad about whatever habit you might have. Or maybe you had it a long time ago and he's still beating you up about it because, you know, you, you know he, he just doesn't want you focused on God. He doesn't want you to walk in peace. You know, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. What does he say next? Let not your heart be troubled. But you know what? Most of us allow way too much trouble in our hearts. And that is not what God wants. You know, a dear, dear lady that I, I worked with years ago in children's ministry uh, basically had a nervous breakdown because every time she'd listen to a different preacher, this one would say, oh, you need to read six chapters a day. And this one would say, you need to pray two hours a day. And this one would say, well, you need to get involved down at the soup kitchen. And this one would say, you need to do that and this and that. And honestly, she basically dropped out of life trying to keep up with all that stuff and then pretty much just fell apart. That's just the enemy. Taking advantage of some, somebody with a good heart. You know, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to just do what God told you to do. Do you think, now what did Jesus say? I'm getting out of my notes. Oh, Lord, we are just off in left field here. But, 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 but you know, what did, what did Jesus say? My burden is really heavy. No, he said my burden's light. Well, if it didn't feel light to you, something's not right. You need to talk to him. Get that one sorted out because he didn't put that heavy on you. Now, look, life happens to all of us. There are plenty of challenges. Jesus knew that. He said each day would have trouble of its own. We know that. But, but, but as far as what God's asked you to do and what he wants from you, Jesus said his burden was, now did he say you wouldn't have to carry anything? No. But he said it was light. You know, we have to bear one another's burdens. We have some brothers and sisters in our church who are, are coming out of some things and, and dealing with some things. And you know what? We need to wrap our arms around them and help them and love on them and, and encourage them. But, but you know what? You know, I was talking to somebody recently and, and they were upset that, that, that they weren't getting the support they wanted. And I'm like, how many people know about it? Well, I didn't tell anybody. Well, right. Yeah, you just wanted them to magically figure it out. Is that it? You were waiting for God to tell them. No, you know what? The Bible doesn't say God's going to tell them that. He says we're supposed to talk. We're supposed to encourage one another. Well, you know what? If, 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 if I'm supposed to encourage Rob and I don't know what's going on with Rob, I can't possibly encourage him. Now, sometimes the Lord will... He'll show you somebody, you know, he'll point somebody out and you'll think, well, okay, I'll go talk to them, see what's up and maybe something's up. But you know what? You know, the, the Bible says that, that we are supposed to be in fellowship with each other. All right. Some people are just an island. I know these people. Well, I, I, I don't have any friends. Well, okay. And, you know, and, and you understand I'm not trying to be mean here, but, but it's like, when, when did you... When was the last time you stayed for the Wednesday night social after church? Well, I have to get home and get to bed. Okay. When was the last time you came to men's or women's Bible study? Well, never. Okay. So, so, and, and you don't get, you, you get to church late and then you leave as soon as the pastor says amen and, and then you're mad because you don't have any friends at church. Okay. Well, you know what? 
Boy, I don't know where I got off on all that. But anyway, <laughs> I feel the stones. <laughs> all right, I better. Uh, anyway, you know, guys, we just have to, we just have to walk this thing out. But, but don't be in such a hurry. Just kind of slow down and, and take it step by step, okay? You know, I am a perfectionist some, about some things, and I am my, definitely my own worst critic. Um, I, am, I can be very, 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 very hard on myself. I, the Lord's helped me with that, so, so I don't do what I used to do. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest here. I've said to the Lord, I know I'm your worst kid, <laughs> you know? I'm probably not, but, but, but that's not really the point, is it? But what, what happens is, is we read the word and we see a standard or we look around. That's the best one. We look around and everyone else looks so very spiritual. And I look inside and think, yes, I am. You know, I, I, I used to just pound on myself all the time. Everybody else was more spiritual than me. Everybody else has their act together, but I am a mess. Now, see, we all know y'all just sit there and look real sanctimonious, and you, everybody won't know you felt that way too. But, but, but the thing is, is that, that we, we, we hear things and we see things, and then we think, well, God, you know, this, my spiritual progress is way too slow. Uh, it's not enough. I'm still making mistakes. I make mistakes again. I'm not perfect. I'm not enough, right? And do and you see that, that those thoughts are driven by fear? And if those thoughts are driven by fear, is there any chance they're from God? Zero. You understand that? Zero chance of that. You know, we're, we're back to what we started with. Jesus said, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, sometimes it doesn't feel like. Sometimes there's circumstances going on in our, in our bodies, in our families, in our lives, in our jobs, and they feel heavy. But you know what? What did Jesus say we're supposed to do? We're supposed to cast our cares on the Lord. We're supposed to be anxious for everything. No, nothing, right? Be anxious for nothing. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing to be anxious about. It doesn't feel like that when we're in the middle of it, does it? You know, when you're, when you're wanting a job and, and, and you think, well, I'll get a job real fast. A friend of mine quit his job. I'll get a job fast. <laughs> he still doesn't have a job. Anyway, he, he, you know, but, but, but you know, when, when you need a job and you're looking for a job and you're like, Lord, where's the job? I need the job. Well, you know what? He has the perfect job for you. But, but sometimes you're not the only one who has to be ready for the job. You understand that? They got to be ready for you and you gotta, you're ready for them already. But you know what? You just trust the Lord to get you through and meet your needs and get you there. He'll get you there. Well, I'll tell you, there was a job I wanted one time, and, and I thought, and I heard nothing, so I went and applied somewhere else. They offered me a job almost immediately, and I was like, yeah, well, I think I'll, I really don't want that job. I want the other job. Whew, they finally called me, but it was way longer than I wanted to wait, you know? But, but then it was the perfect job. See, see, God knows. Uh, there was another time where we had just, uh, who needs notes, right? Um, <laughs> the, there, there was another time that I'd gotten to the place where I was in kind of a transition period. I was working a lot of hours, but I wasn't making a lot of money. And I was like, Lord, I need a better job with better hours and better money. I'm working. They want me to work at every church service. I don't need that kind of job anymore. I, I don't want to miss church. I want to be available. 
And, and, you know, and I'm not saying you should do it my way here, but I just prayed. Now, and I'd, I hadn't even been looking. And two weeks after I prayed to the day, I got a phone call from somebody and they said, okay, we have this job open and wondered if you might be interested. Long story, it was about a 40% pay increase or 30% pay increase. And within a month, I got a big bonus from them. And within six months, I got a big pay raise from them. And... And so then I was making way more. I was working Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5. You know, this was a big improvement over my hospital schedule. You can understand that was, ah. Anyway, so, so you know, I'm not telling you just sit around and wait for God to send somebody to you. But, but you know what? What my point is is that, you know, we get all worried. And we feel so burdened, and we're not making enough spiritual progress, and everything's so hard. You know, and, and, then, and then we're like, God, I just feel so bad about myself. I just want to, I just show me something. <laughs> you know, and you open up to Lamentations or, you know, <laughs> Jeremiah, I wrote one down. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I have hoped for from the Lord. Yes, that's what you're going to find if you do that. You know? It's quite different than Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Big difference there. See, see we're, we have the Holy Ghost inside of us. He's right there. And, and you know what? If, if you need help, you need wisdom, he is right there. Yeah, but I don't get the answer the second I say it. Okay, it's coming. Just hang on. You know what? He, his timing's good about his answers. Have you noticed that? When you need it, he's there. He got it. He got this. Just trust him. You know, we... Uh, we uh, you know, we know that verse that says, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master, he stands or falls. You know what? That also applies to you. Don't, don't judge yourself too hard. Now, we are supposed to judge ourselves and deal with things in our lives. You know, we don't just live any way we want. You know, the Bible says that, that, that there's a path to follow, that there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a road that we follow. There's a way that we grow up in the Lord. Do you know that? Right? But, 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 you know, don't, don't be so hard on yourself and expect so much of yourself. You know, Pastor Tony says this all the time. God will work on one thing at a time. And all those other 38 things on your list, uh, he's not working on those. You just trust him. Just work on the one thing. You know, when, when I was doing work with foster kids, um, one of the things we learned with them is the same thing. I used to teach this in my, uh, my foster care preparation, foster parent preparation classes with your kiddos work on one thing work on chores one thing and you'll see just about everything else straightens out as soon as they get that one down why is that I have no idea I just know it works that way God just you just trust him just walk with him okay there is a process there's a road he's got us on okay but you just you just follow him and don't beat yourself up all right you know the the Bible says that it isn't the anger of God that leads us to forward. 
Have you noticed that? It says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. It leads us into everything. You know, David, what did he write? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, he, he figured it out. See, see, it isn't the anger or frustration of God. We might imagine him being angry and frustrated, but, but there's nothing in the word that indicates he's angry or frustrated with us. You know, we're his kids. He loves us. He's just trying to help us. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Think about that. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That word never in the Greek means never, okay? Yeah, never leave you. He never plans. Yeah, there's no. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's just right there with you. All right, yeah, he feels really far away. Yeah, he knows that. But, but you know what? Just at, the, at that moment, just start to stop everything. Go into a room by yourself and just start praising him. You know what? And the presence of God is just going to fall on you, and you're going to be like, wow. Yeah, you're right. You're right there. He was right there all along, but, you know, sometimes he feels really, really far away to us. But, but Paul said that, you know, when he was preaching in Mars Hill, you know, he said, in him we live and move and have our being. You know, it isn't just him and us. It's us and him and him and us. We're in him. Our lives are expressed within him. And, 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 and we are part of who he is. So that, that's why he wants us to grow up. See, he, he knows that if you live in a right way and you walk out the plan of God and you just do the things he's called you to do, that that is truly life. And you're going to walk in peace. You're going to walk like Jesus did. He never, you know, I mean, right before the cross, it was stressful. He had a lot on him. But, but otherwise, did you notice he just walked in peace? He didn't get too shook up about anything. Once in a while, he had a hard word for people, but it was all out of love. I mean, you know, if, 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 uh, if, if Jake was messing up, I can pick on him. Um, if Jake was messing up and I didn't tell him he was messing up, that wouldn't be right. You know, if he's making a big mistake in his life and, and I just let, well, that's his problem, not mine. Would that be right? No, so Jesus had to say some hard things, didn't he? But, but it wouldn't be right if he didn't. But, but, but he said those things in love. Well, it may not look like he did, but I can promise you if you'd been there, you'd have seen it. He did it out of love. And then, and then he went by himself and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long I have wanted to take you under my wing, but you wouldn't let me. See, see he tried. See, but that, that's how he is with us. I don't even know why I brought these notes. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that, that uh, you know, God is, is, is so good. He's so good to us, and he, he loves us so much. You know, he, he wants to drive out fear, those motivations when we're, when we're going, okay, I got to read 88 chapters a day, and I got to do this, and I got to, and I got to, and I got to, and I got to, and we get into all this fear. It's just fear. You see that, don't you? You know, the Bible says in 1 John 4, it, it, it says that perfect love, what? Casts out fear. And he doesn't want you living in one minute of fear. Did you know that? Not one second of fear. He doesn't want you worried about what's going to happen in the future. He doesn't want, if you're young, he doesn't want you worried about who you're going to marry. He doesn't want you worried about your job or your, your you know, he, just following. You know, James and Peter and John and those guys were all fishermen and they had a career and they were doing everything and Jesus came along and said, hey, follow me. They just left everything and followed him. They were like, let me take. Think, what should I take with me? Let me think. 
you know, I've got 14 suitcases I need to pack, and what am I going to do with my fishing nets? Now they just left it all and went, all right? You know, he wants us just to follow him. No, you know, Jesus said, if you look back, you're not worthy of me. What does that mean? That means, you know, if you're just backwards all the time, I got to think about this, I got to think about that, you know, I got my, my old life, all my old friends, I got to go, you know, I got I to do, you know, we're just piling stuff on us. You know, he, he said, just follow me. Just follow him. He'll show you everything you got to do. He'll show you where he wants you to go. When, when I, when I uh, the Lord, you know, he's funny because he wants us to walk in faith. He didn't tell us everything. So when, when, when uh, in, in uh, 1988, he told me he wanted me to go to Bible school. Did not tell me which one. So I had heard about this Rhema place, and, and I, had, I had looked it up, but I didn't really do anything with it for a couple of years because I kept asking the Lord, now, no, now, no, now, no, now, no. Finally, the day came, he said, now, and I laughed because I was like, I don't see how I can make it work, but he worked it all out. So I got an application to Rhema. I got an application to Christ for the Nations. I, I knew, you know, pretty soon I got a bunch of applications to other schools and seminaries, and, and I... I had met a couple of people who went to Rama that I didn't much care for. I just thought they were kind of odd. And uh, I was like, I'm not going there. But I got the application. And, and then if you, anybody ever fill out one of their applications? Few of you have. Well, the application has some really very strange questions on it. And, and, it, it, and it asks, you know, about your past behavior, your past involvement in certain things and 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 it's just like this whole double double single space two columns you're supposed to check off if you've ever been involved in these things and that made me mad i was like what is this a sin checklist forget this i tore the application up in little pieces and threw it away and i decided that i knew where i wanted to go to bible school i don't even remember what it was now some school in california and uh i started filling it out and I got, I got about two-thirds of the way through the first page, and I started to get sick to my stomach. And, and I finally, and I, I don't make a doctrine out of this, all right, whatever you do. I can't even explain this. I don't find anything in the Word that says this. But anyway, I literally got to the point where I knew if I wrote one more word on there, I was going to throw up. So I put the application away and thought, well, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't feel good. I'm just going to put this down. And I did. So I came back the next day and started again, and the same exact thing happened. I'm like, well, I better tear this one up too. He doesn't want me to go there. <laughs> so I had to write. Now, you know, nowadays we have the Internet. You can just get online and download an application. Actually, I think you can do the application online. But I, I had to write them and request another application. They finally sent me one, and I filled it out went there and found out it wasn't anything like I was worried that it was. But the point is, all that to say is God's going to lead you. Do you understand that? And all this hard on yourself stuff, you might as well just let it go now because it has no value and it's not going to help you grow in the Lord. In fact, as Pastor Tony says, you know, if we just are obsessed with like a sin, a past sin, I'm not going to do that anymore, I'm not going to do it, if we're just obsessed with it, that's when we're most likely to trip up and do it again, because we're just obsessed with it. No, no, get your eyes on the Lord, stop trying to live on the fence, you know, get your eyes on the Lord and just follow his plan. Now, now that's, that's real easy to say, and you know what, it's actually real easy to do if you just do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
You know, Ephesians 4, you don't have to look this up, you can if you want. Ephesians 4, verse 11, you know, it says he gave some as apostles, prophets, we know this, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ till we all obtain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the fullness of Christ. You understand you start down here and you work your way up here? Now, the devil was always trying to tell me that no, no, you should just be here. You know, the Bible doesn't say that. It just, we just read it. He is back to verse 11. Well, no, back to verse 12. It says he's equipping us. He's building us up. He's, verse 13, he's shooting for unity and, and knowledge of the Son of God and trying to get us to be a mature person and get the fullness of Christ. See, it's a, there's this process that God has got you in, and he's taking you from point A to point Z. You may not get to Z till you're in heaven, but, you know, maybe you'll make it to MN, you know, somewhere in there. All right? But, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know where you're starting. If you're starting young enough, some of you young guys, Mark, I know they don't think you're young, but you are. So maybe you're starting real young. Maybe you'll make it to Z, you know? Maybe somebody who got saved when they were, you know, 92 isn't going to make it to Z. But you know what? They got started. That's what matters. But, but we're all in this thing together. And we should all be encouraging each other because I'm telling you, the enemy hits people hard sometimes. It tries to drag them backwards. And, they're, and then they're doing the, you know, the old country song, you know, one step forward and two steps back. And they're just <laughs> feeling super bad about themselves. And, and you know... Uh, I think I've probably told this story before, but, but just bear with me. Um, this was many, many years ago in the 80s, and uh, I was just feeling at a place where I was feeling particularly bad about my prospect for making any progress in the Lord. And the reason was because at the church I was at, the people that I were my pillars, right? This is the first church where I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm really making progress, growing in the Lord. And the, the pillars of my life were falling down, all right? My pastor and, and his wife were having huge marital problems um, and, and it was bad. Uh, I, I was doing some work for an evangelist and it looked like the evangelist had fallen into sin. Our church secretary, who I talked to all the time, had been an alcoholic, and she'd fallen off the wagon, and so she was back to some of her old lifestyle again. And, and uh, there was another one, and I can't think about what that was off the top of my head, but so there were four people that I was really counting on, and they were all in huge trouble. And I, for two weeks, I'd been walking around going, Lord, if they can't make it, what hope do I have? Because they're... They're my rocks, you know. They're the ones I count on. They're the ones I hold on to. They're the ones I look up to. And if they can't make it, who do I think I am? And I was, I was discouraged. Well, I, I was doing some work for a team evangelist, a team of evangelists at the time, and and one of the evangelists called me, uh, or I'd called the evangelist on a morning because I was trying to find out they, I did their. Back, okay, this dates the whole thing, but I was doing their cassettes. You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> it's like dinosaurs of, of the, of, anyway. Um, 
So, so I, I was needing to know something about one of the series that they were, they were going to put on their book table, and, uh, and I'd, I'd called, and I was told, well, you know, it was a lady, and, and they said, she's not, she's not up yet where she was staying. She was staying with some friends when she was in town. She goes, she's not up yet, but she's not feeling very good, and she's got a lot going on. You're probably not going to hear from her for a couple of days. I was like, oh, that's fine. I said, just let her, you know, have her call me when she's available. And, and just in a few minutes, I got a call back from her. And I said, oh, well, thank you for calling me back. You know, I had a question. She goes, yeah, yeah I know you do, but, but that's not what I want to talk to you about. I'm like, okay. She goes, well, here, here's the deal. I had a dream about you, and I, uh, I'm glad we were on the phone because I rolled my eyes. I thought, of course you did. You know, the Bible says not to despise prophetic utterances. You know what I'm saying? We, we have to sometimes, you know, we've been around people that are a little flaky maybe and a little bit off, you know what I mean? And they're always hearing this or seeing this. Now, that's, there's real stuff out there. That's why Paul wrote, don't despise it because there's the real thing. The real deal is out there. So I said, did you? <laughs> she goes, I had a dream about you. I'm like, did you? And she goes, I did. And I said, well, <clears throat> there's silence on the phone. I'm like, well, what was it? <laughs> well, she goes, well, I was in an airplane, and, and I was with the other people on the evangelistic team. And, and she goes, and we were, flying, uh, we were flying over this valley. I have a hard time telling this. I get all choked up, so just bear with me. Anyway, we were flying over this valley, and, and we landed and, and in the valley, and there were lots of houses in the valley, and you were there, and you were working on your foundation, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't even stop to talk to us. You, you were like, I got to get this thing done. And she said, and then the dream changed, and then... <clears throat> Bear with me. She goes, the dream changed, and then we were flying over the valley again, and there had been a terrible flood, <clears throat> and all the houses had washed away except yours. Amen. And I told you I'd been walking around saying for two weeks, you know, if they can't do it, how could I make it? I'm next. I'm sure I'm next. I'll be next. So she said, and all of the houses in the valley washed away except yours, and God wants you to know you're not next. You know, well, she got my attention then. <laughs> but, 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 but you see, see, there's a process, and, and we're just supposed to follow him. We're not supposed to get all worked up. We're not supposed to get ahead of him. Brother Hagin used to say this. He says, it's better to be a couple steps behind God than a couple steps ahead of him. Don't get ahead of him. You just work it on out. You just keep following him. Yeah, but I don't do the perfect job following him. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, should we take a poll? How many of you have done a perfect job of following him? I don't see any hands. Isn't that amazing? Look around, those of you who are sure everybody else is way more spiritual than you. Look around for all the hands that are up right now of those who have done it just exactly right. Yeah, there's nobody. You know, <clears throat> we, uh, you know, God gave us Jesus. He gave us his word. He gave us his spirit. He gives us opportunities to hear good preaching and teaching. And he's surrounded us with mature people who can encourage us and help us grow. Amen? He's faithful. That's what he does. That's who he is. All right? 
You know, we, we could race through some of these, so you don't have to, to look these up, but Philippians 2, 12, you know, just as you have always obeyed, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for, look 13, for God who is at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. You know, he, he, he's, he's at work in you. Do you see that? You see that? Philippians 1, 6. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it to the day of Christ Jesus. Jude, uh, verse 20, says, You, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 2, 2. Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to your salvation. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Paul's writing, we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field. We are God's field. God's building. According to the grace that was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. Okay? So, so we're supposed to be careful how we build on it. We're supposed to be careful who we let build on it. You understand what I mean by that? You know, I listen to some preachers, you know, different ones around uh, and, and, you know, you don't just take everything they say. I heard one of them I was listening to the other day said something I knew was not what the word says. But you spit out the sticks and eat the hay. You know what I'm saying? You know, be smart enough to spit out the sticks. Don't eat the sticks. Be, be smarter than an old cow. Spit out the sticks. You know, we... My family uh, owned a dairy farm for many, many years, and that's exactly, you know, the hay. We'd buy hay, or we had hay, too, a little bit on the farm, but we'd grow it, and we'd throw the hay out for the cows, and they eat the hay, and if there was a stick, they'd push it off to the side. See that? We just need to be smart enough to do that. Just be smart enough to do that. Amen? All right. I'm going to try to get back to my notes here. All right. Titus chapter 2. Um, there was a time, this was a, this was a few years after that, the, the dream thing, um, and, and I was just feeling like I just wasn't, I don't know what I was, I don't even know now what I was stressed about, but I was just feeling like, Lord, I'm just not making enough progress. I'm not growing fast enough. I, I'm just... I, I, I just think everybody else is way ahead of me, and uh, here I am, you know, left in the dust. I'm the tortoise. The hares have all long gone past the finish line, and I'm just way back. Ever feel that way? Just, again, just sit there and don't nod your head or anything. You just sit there, and nobody will know. Okay? So, so I, was, I was reading in Titus chapter 2, and as I, I, was, I had read this passage that's up on the the, the, uh, on the wall in the Weist version, which is a very, very literal uh, translation of the word. They kept all the verb tenses in the original verb tenses, and it makes it, much, it, makes it very awkward to read, okay? So, so it's a little troublesome to read, but I had just decided I was going to read through the Weist New Testament. And, uh, and so I had read this passage, and the, when I finished reading it, the Lord said to me, because I was feeling bad about the process. He said to me, are you, or did you notice 
There's five in-process words in that passage. of it. Whenever the Lord says something like that, the answer, is, of course, is he already knows you didn't notice. So I was like, yeah, no, I didn't notice that. So, 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 he, he, so I went back and looked at it again. Now, you notice that, you know, it, it, we, we could talk about verb tenses a little bit, but a gerund is a verb tense of an action word that's ongoing. So, so you could say, I ran to the store, that's past tense, right? You know, I'm, I will run to the store, I ran to the store. But, but if I say, I am running, that means I'm running right now. You see that? You know, so the ing form isn't always that way to make a gerund, but lots of times a gerund has an ing on the end of it. So, so we look at this, it says, for the grace of God bringing, do you see that, salvation, appeared to all men, instructing us, you see that? He is in the process of instructing you. If you make yourself available to the word, you show up for church, you're sitting here, you're not playing uh, uh, games on your phone or, you know, writing your mom a letter, you know, if you're actually listening, right? So, I, or doodling on your notes, I've done that. Uh, I'm not lying. Um, anyway, but, but he's instructing us. That denying, see, see, we're supposed to get some things, we're supposed to deny some things entrance, you know what I mean? You know, if, 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 some, if, if somebody who's, you know, selling siding shows up my door, I'm like, yeah, my siding's good. If I need to replace it, I'll do it myself. I'm a little handy. I can do that. So, no, I'm denying you entrance, but go away. All right. Not that I'm saying you should do that necessarily. If you need siding and you can't fix it, you may need that guy. But I'm denying him entrance, Right. See, we're, we're not, we're, there's things we're supposed to deny entrance into our lives. You understand that, right? We don't just let the enemy come in and beat us up, all right? No, there's a stop sign at the door. No, you will not come in, all right? You guys with me here? All right. Denying impiety, there's a good word. It means lack of reverence for God. Denying worldly cravings. We should live discreetly and righteously and piously. That means devoutly or fully committed in the midst of this present age, expectingly looking for the prosperous expectation. Boy, there's some awkward words. Even the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself on our behalf in order that he might, look at this, set us free from, from every lawlessness and purify Another process word there. For himself, a people of his own private possession, zealous of good works. You know, he's all excited about the process in your life. You may be beating yourself up, but he's not beating you up at all. He's just excited. He's excited to see you go from a mess to being a person who's following God with all of your heart and carrying out the reason he put you on this planet. He's excited about that. He, he just wants to see it happen. Does that help him? No, but it sure does help you. It helps you live in peace. It helps you. No, we can all be a mess. We can all have bad habits in our lives. We can all, you know, make poor choices. Any of us can do that. But you know what? All that does is bring misery in our lives. All that is, it brings, and sometimes it spills over and affects other people in our lives and makes them miserable too. All right? But, but you know what? God, you know, Paul, what did he say? Paul, boy, he, there's an example of a guy. Yeah, he was going around killing Christians before he was saved. And, and what did he say? He, go, he said, forgetting what lies behind and pressing on 
toward whatever it is that God has for him. In, in Acts, I think it's 23, he, he, says, he says, I just want to finish my course. Well, what course? That course that God put him on, that plan that God has for him, that process that God has him in the middle of. He said, I just want to finish that. That's all I want to do before I die and go to heaven. I want to finish that course. I want to knock it out and get it all done. All right, that's awesome. You know what? You know, I, 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 I grew up, you can turn over to, to uh, James, too, if you want. You know, I, I grew up singing, um, singing a, a hymn that, that the words went like this, you know, and, and you know, we, we can get thinking wrong about the things that come into our lives, right? You know, but the, the hymn went something like, one of the verses went, every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. Is that biblical? No, we know that is not biblical. How do we know it's not biblical? Because the Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from God. And, and the Bible says, Jesus said this in, 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 in Acts. He, you know, he, he said, Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by God, right? No, no, it says oppressed by the devil. You know, sometimes people get the idea God and the devil have switched places. And, and you know, there, there's a verse that's, that, that, that says, you know, and, and I, okay, I grew up in this kind of a church, so y'all just, maybe you didn't. I hope you didn't necessarily. I mean, they, they, I got saved and, and learned to love God in this church, but they, they told us, you know, that, you know, the God brings these things into your life to teach you. Like, really? Really? I don't think it's satanic oppression is anything that God brought into my life to teach me something. You understand that? It's pretty clear that it isn't. But, but you know, people base, you know, they, may, they, they base their doctrine sometimes off of not the word, but they base their doctrine off of their experience. Well, that'll get you in trouble every time. That'll definitely get you in trouble. So, so but, but we get into our head that, 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 that God is, is now, <clears throat> you know, I heard somebody say this, you know, that, well, I got cancer and, and I learned patience and I learned, okay, now, you know what? Okay, maybe you learn patience in the middle of something bad, but that doesn't mean God brought that into your life to teach you something. That's ridiculous because the Bible calls sickness satanic oppression. It's not the same thing. You know, it can't possibly be, you know, but, but, but we try to, you know, this is what we did in my church. That's why I started to say, we tried to take it and say, well, you know, it says every good and perfect gift comes from above, but, you know, maybe that cancer is really perfect because it teaches me something. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Okay, don't, don't try to flip the definitions around to, to, to make the de what the devil said to you true, okay? You know, no, it's either good or bad. It's not, there's no gray here. You know, cancer is bad and health is good. Okay, it's very clear, all right? You understand that, right? You know, messed up life is bad. Godly life, doing his will is good. I mean, it's very clear. It's not, it's not a mess, okay? Yeah, but, but I don't always feel like doing the right thing. right, right. And that's why God is at work within you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. He's at work there. He's helping you. He's helping me. He's helping us all grow up to that mature man. It's awesome. He's excited about the process. But are you in James? Okay. Did you notice in James chapter 1, he starts talking about trials, but then he ends up talking about temptations? Now, did you notice that? 
We'll, we'll get there. But he started talking. Of, he started talking about trials. We all have trials. Temptation is a trial, but not all trials are temptation. You understand that, right? Okay. So he starts talking about trials, and, and we look at this a lot. Pastor Tony loves these scriptures, but you know, verse two: Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. It doesn't mean the trials are from God, but why are we considering it all joy? Be, because it says here. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of, your, testing of your faith produces endurance. Do you see that? But then verse 12, skip down a little bit. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, there he changed, he changed a little bit. Do you see that? I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he does not tempt anyone. But look at verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust, right? So, so God's not throwing temptation. He's not dangling some carrot or some bad thing in front of you and going, I'm going to just wait and see. I'm just going to stand here and wait and see if you go for that. Bam, if you do. No, see, that's how some people think God is. He's not like that at all. No, in fact, he's leading us away from that. Jesus said, you know, when the disciples asked him to teach us to pray, what did he say? He, he said, you know, our Father art in heaven, skip that part down to the part where he says, and lead us not into temptation. See, God's not going to do that. He's not going to lead you into temptation. Why would he do that? You know, you know, we didn't we didn't scatter a bunch of poisonous food, you know, poisonous vials and 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 dangerous chemicals around in our kitchen and then watch to see which thing Jake picked to eat. <laughs> we'll mix in some real food and a box of, you know, of, of golden grams on the counter, and then we're gonna see if he goes for the dangerous chemicals or if he goes for the food. No, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, do you seriously think God would do that? Okay, so, so put it in perspective. Tony Cook said this. I think I said this one time before, but Tony Cook said this. I love this so much. He's like, he goes, so here's Jesus, and he says, all right, disciples, come on. It's nighttime. We're going to go over to Brother Sebastian's house and kick the wheels off of his chariot to teach him something. No. Okay, when you put it like that, now we can all believe this. Oh, God's teaching me. No, no, no. But when you put it like that, how ridiculous does that sound? I mean, it's like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Jesus would never have done that. No, do you think? He, and it says, it says in this passage in James, in fact, it says, Verse 17, every good thing and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the lights. Do you see this end of it? With whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. He doesn't change. He didn't, after Jesus went to heaven, he didn't suddenly decide to start sending bad things into your life to teach you. Even though he would have never done that on earth, because it sounds ridiculous if you say he did it. I'm going to make Mark sick so I can heal him. What? I mean, that just sounds utterly stupid. But, but you know what? We have people all over this city who believe that's exactly what God does. Well, that, oh. You know, that, that is not what happens. You know, Romans 5.17 says that we are reigning in life. Do you understand that? You know what? And, and it says that when temptation comes, when trials come, what are we supposed to do? Well, 
we're supposed to pick us pick ourselves up by the bootstrap something knock us down it's time to pick yourself up and it's time to start speaking the truth it's time to take charge of this we're supposed to reign in life not just sit passively back okay sarah sarah whatever will be will be you know i think i was just taught this growing up well you know everything that comes into your life is because god wants it there what Okay, I mean, just any little bit of logic tells you that is, cannot possibly be true. Now, the enemy, he, he'll, he'll bring all sorts of stuff into your life if you let him. You know, the word in Ephesians, it says, be strong in the Lord and the power is might. It says our struggle's not against flesh and blood. It's not your boss. But, but what does it say here, verse 16 of, of, of uh, Ephesians 6? It says, in addition to that, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know what? When the devil starts shooting at you with flaming arrows, it's time to stand up and do something. First of all, he says, pick up the shield of faith. We won't go into all the other pieces of armor, but, but he says, pick up the shield of faith, right? You know, so Lord, I reign in life. They're talking about layoffs at work, but no, stand up, get up your shield. All right, I have favor with God, man. I believe this job thing will not adversely affect me and my family. You know, this is the job you gave me. If you don't want me here, I believe you'll tell me and you'll move me to a better place. But in the meantime, I'm standing my ground. All right, if you sin, you know, Lord, I messed up again. I confess it. You said if, if we would confess it, you are faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. And now I ask you to show me why I messed up and give me strength to keep going and move forward and forget about that and leave it behind. All right, stand up. Don't, don't just get beat up and lay there like you're some feeling sorry for yourself. Poor, pathetic thing. Get up and, and take charge. Patsy Caminetti, y'all know her. Some of you, you ladies have heard her speak down at Raymond. You know, she messed up. She goes, Lord, I messed up for the umpteenth time. And I feel so bad. And you know what he said to her? He goes, you confess it and then forget about it. He goes, I want you to act like it never happened. What? No, no, you should wallow in it. You should repent 17 times. You should, you should... No, 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 no. You should keep feeling really bad about it for a few weeks, you know? Uh, no, see, see, God just wants you to move on. It was just a moment in time, you know what? You know, how, how long did that sin take? You know, two minutes, and then, and then, or whatever, you know, just say, you know, what about the other 24 hours in that day? That's a lot of minutes. You didn't sin, all right? So just give yourself a little credit and, and leave it behind and move forward. Just keep following him. Just keep following him. You know, Peter went back to fishing after Jesus died, and Jesus is like, you love me more than those? Peter's like, yeah, you know I love you. He's like, do you love me more than those? You know I love you. Do you love me more than those? Yeah, you know I love you. See, Jesus is just like, Peter, keep following me. Don't go backwards. Don't go backwards. Just keep moving forwards. You know, recently I, I, I had a bump on my neck I, back here, right on my back here. And, uh, and <clears throat> I've had a couple things removed. They were nothing. But, but, but I always ask my doctor if I'm in there and say, you know, can you look at that? What do you think of that? And when he looked at that one, he goes, that one definitely needs to come off. I said, you're going to take it off today? He's like, mm, I don't have time today, but you come back next week. But, okay, you know, so did I just cower down? The Lord, what do I got on my back? Is it cancer? What could it be? I don't know. What do I do? What do you do? No, 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 no. We go to the Word. I went to the Word. I found the verses I know on healing. I started speaking over that thing. I'm like, Lord, 
Okay, that thing got to go. The doctor wants to take it off, and that's fine. I'll let him take it off, but that thing got to go because it's not supposed to be there. It's not a normal part of my skin. It's not a natural part. It's got to go. So I just started speaking over it. Every time I thought of it, I was like, thank you, Lord, that's gone. Thank you, Lord, that's gone. Thank you, Lord, that's gone. The day of my appointment, I, I reached back there and I thought, I didn't feel the same, smaller. So I went to the doctor anyway, and he goes, oh, it's smaller? He goes, nah, forget about it then. We're not going to do anything today. Now it's totally gone. But, but see, you know, when, you know, a doctor, they, they, they're used to looking at this stuff. When they say, yeah, that one needs to come off, you know that one needs to come off. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so you, you don't ignore that, but you don't give up in your faith either. I took up the shield of faith, the flaming arrow that hit me right there. I took up the shield of faith and started speaking against it. And... I didn't bother speaking against the other two that I had removed. I just had them removed. One of them was right here. It was bread spot. I don't know. Anyway, they were nothing. But the point is, is that, is that healing's provided for us. The flaming arrows come from the devil. Healing was provided by God. You know, I, I have, as one of his kids, I have the right to jump in and start claiming what his word says is true. You know, we, we don't have to cower down to anything First, well, one more scripture, and then I promise I will try to stop, okay? Um, um, Philippians chapter 3. You know, you know, God doesn't want us doing the country song, one step forward and two steps back, all right? We just keep making progress. We keep moving forward. We keep pressing on like Paul said to do, all right? Does that mean that we're going to be perfect? No. Does that mean we're supposed to beat ourselves up, though? No. We're not supposed to do that either. We're just supposed to, okay, I messed up. I'm going to keep going. I'm doing good. Give yourself a little credit. Pat yourself on the back once in a while. You know what? He's happy with you. He's happy with the progress you're making. You know, he knew before you were born the progress you were going to make. You, you know, uh, 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 his name's not coming to my head. One of the guys who came here and spoke. You know, he said, write down what it is you're believing God to do in your life because, because as soon as he does it, you're going to forget about it and you're not going to remember he's doing anything. And all you're going to do is have that current list of things that you want him to do. But if you would just slow down and write it down, he goes, you go back there, look at it every six months or every year. You'll be amazed at how many of those things are already dealt with. Amen. You forgot about them because they got dealt with. See, see we don't keep track of the good stuff. You know what, I, and I'm this guy, I hope you're not this guy, but, but you know what, a hundred of you could give me a compliment and one of you could come and insult me and what am I going to remember that afternoon? Not the 99 compliments, uh, I will not remember. The one insult, I will remember. And, and that's not good. You know what, we're supposed to, as we grow up in the Lord, it's gonna, we're not going to pay attention. Whether you like me or don't like me, doesn't matter. What matters is, I'm, am I doing God's will? Am I following his plan? That's all that matters. Not everybody's going to like you. You know, you should tell your kindergartners that when they start school. Not, you're not going to like everybody, and they're not all going to like you. But you know what? We're just nice to everybody. That's how this works, okay? You do your kids a favor because they're going to come home, they don't like me. Yes, they don't like you. That's right. And you don't like all of them either, if you want to be honest. But point is, is that, all right, Philippians, are you there? The point is, is that God is moving us forward as a group. We're taking over. We're taking over the promised land. 
city by city, inch by inch, all right? And we're doing it as a team, as, as a group together. Um, Philippians 3, verse 16. Therefore, or no, however, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Do you see that? That's a verse that's very, very easy to skip over, and it's one we should definitely not skip over. Let us keep living by the same, the same standard that we have attained. You know, it is one step forward, and I'm going to learn to live here. And I'm not going to get all stressed by seeing that, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, Quentin's way ahead of me on this path, and I'm way back here. I'm not going to get stressed by that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make progress. I'm going to be happy with it. See, look at that, look at that. Up there, I'm looking there. Let us keep living by that standard to which we've attained. I've made another step. I've, I, I'm starting to read the word every day instead of once a week, okay? I'm gonna feel good about that. You know, I'm not gonna feel bad, you know, because Elise tells me she reads six chapters a day. I'm good, I just, I finally read one chapter a day. I'm good about that, you know? I'm maybe not where she is, but I'm, I'm gonna get there, all right? You know, I, I, I'm taking medication for a condition in my body, you know, and, and, but I'm starting to learn to trust God to, to help me and to, to learn how to receive from him, okay? But I'm not going to get, I'm not going to feel bad about myself because Zach received healing and, and I had to go to the doctor, okay? But, but I am going to, I'm not going to go backwards and say, well, I just don't believe that healing stuff, you know, okay, that didn't work. No, no. It, it, maybe it didn't work for you this time, but give yourself a break for crying out loud and let yourself grow up. Let yourself learn to take hold of the word. Let yourself learn how to pick up that shield of faith and fight off those flaming arrows of the enemy because they're going to come. And, and you know what? You might as well learn how to handle them. And you're going to only learn how to handle them by learning about how God says to handle them in this book. All right? So, so let's, let's learn. Let's learn together. Let's live up to that level that we have attained. Okay, and, and let's not compare ourselves to everybody else. Let's just keep following him because he's going to you, lead you one step at a time. He's going to lead you at a different pace and in different areas. You know, maybe, maybe uh, Rob has dealt with a certain area in my life and God hasn't even started on that. And I look at him and think, wow, why hasn't God dealt with me? Or, wow, I'm a mess. Look at him. He's got it all sorted out. No, I'm, no, 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 no. Let us live by that standard to which we have attained which I have attained through God as he's helping me grow up. Amen.